We're so excited to bring on our good pal Joe Bartle from Rotowire. Once again, another season, the sixth year that we've been having these weekly conversations with Joe, who's kind wow. enough to join us here on the program on the Plains. Six years, and I still don't know that Joe Bartle can say that he's ever personally stepped foot on the loveliest village here in Auburn, Alabama, and yet he still comes back to visit with us each and every week. Hello, Joe. Yeah, I'm ready for the invite. Anytime you want, you can uh, pay for my room and board. I'll be glad to be there in a second. Yeah. You've always got a place to stay. You can bring the little ones, the family, the whole deal. we got to get you uh, to, to one of these Auburn football games at some point. How are you, man? I mean, we're getting ready for another football season. we got to start here because we love checking in on your well-being and finding out how crazy you are. You know, I, I mentioned the family continues to get a little bit larger uh, for you and the missus. Have you knocked down the number of fantasy football leagues that you're participating in this year, or are you still at 50-some, it feels like? Yeah, uh, no, unfortunately, I, I did not. We have 15 leagues that I'm doing this year. Wow. Uh, I think it's the, the tally ended up being seven redrafts, the ones that you just draft every single year, and then eight dynasty or keepers. So in reality, the decisions I had to make and drafts I had to go to weren't quite as uh, as much, but it's still 15 lineups I'm setting every week. We got the, we got the spreadsheet set. Uh, I have reminders uh, on my phone now because I'm far too old and far too much of a dad uh, to have other responsibilities. I have uh, alarms set up my clock here that remind me when free agent and wave away pickups are. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty crazy schedule, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, football is great, and it's fun to have so much uh, investment in it, too. So uh, I, I had, I think, 13 or 12 last year, and I thought, I need to make sure I go down lower than that this year. Uh, nope, I, I failed at that endeavor, that's for sure. How about that? Here we are uh, getting set for another week of fantasy football. The second week of the NFL season is upon us. A Thursday night matchup that we'll get to here in just a little bit. Uh, your one major takeaway from week one was what? Oh, yeah. I had a, a friend ask me what was your biggest surprise, and I think that was an easier question for me. Uh, the commander's offense overall, I, I thought, was actually pretty good. Now it's the Jaguars' defense, so we have to kind of put that in context a little bit. But I was fairly certain Carson Wentz was bad at football. I'm still pretty certain about that. But he worked with the weapons he had, and and the commanders do have a lot of really good guys. If you put 15 other quarterbacks there, I would have said, yes, I like Terry McLaurin. Yes, I like uh, Jahan Dotson. And, uh, oh, yeah, for sure. I think uh, Curtis Samuel Bryce, healthy, can be good there. Or like a... Um, the uh, the other uh, targets they had too, like Jerry McKissick or Antonio Gibson. I thought Carson once specifically was going to be an issue, and yes, he is turnover prone. Obviously, he had that uh, bad interception to Trayvon Walker. Um, kudos to him for his first pick in his career. But I thought overall they utilized those weapons pretty well, specifically Jahan Dotson, who uh, I will be uh, upset to admit I I don't have any shares of him whatsoever across those 15 leagues. I was not committed to him and. Uh, I try to rectify that, or I will be trying to rectify that when it comes to wave wire pickups this week. Joe, uh, I want to ask you about uh, another Joe, Joe Burrow, who uh, threw had, had a tough turnover day against Pittsburgh, but obviously he's going to get a lot of play as he uh, throws it a lot, still had a couple touchdowns, ran it a few times uh, as well. I guess my question here is, do you feel with the offensive line seemingly being just as equally bad as it was last year in week one, does that hurt his value as a top quarterback in fantasy or, or just alter it all given that the offensive line still seems to be a problem and it resulted in turnovers in week one? Yeah, it would be. Um, I think it would be if you said for certain this offensive line is going to be the same that it was last year. I just have a hard time believing that's going to be the case. Like by default, 
they have more talent along the offensive line than they did last season. And last season, they made it to the Super Bowl. I, I know that they didn't quite mesh, and they're one of many teams that didn't have any of their starters play during the preseason. I thought that was very evident. In fact, you could basically guess on the results that occurred in week one, which teams had players play in the preseason and which ones didn't. The Bengals were one of them. I also have a lot of credit to the Steelers front seven, really front four, even uh, after the T.J. Watt injury, that they're pretty good. Like, that's 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 a good pass-rushing team. I can't imagine, other than the other time the Bengals faced the Steelers, that they're going to have that much talent coming at them. This is going to be another good test. Like, if, you, if they struggle again this week, and I'm saying seven sacks and constant pressure up the middle, in particular for Joe Burrow, who's not super athletic, but you like to move in the pocket a little bit more and step up, then I would be a bit more concerned. But I really believe it's going to take a couple weeks that offensive line to gel. They, they, I mean, they just find it incredibly impossible for their offensive line to be just as bad as it was last year, despite the upgrades they made. And I was not a huge fan of the Ted Karras, who was the center that they signed for the Buccaneers. I didn't think that was a good investment money-wise. I thought Leo Collins was fun enough. But that's still an improvement over who they are playing. Uh, no-namers, you know, for most of last season's pretty incredible playoff run. So I'm, I'm convinced that Joe Burrow will be fine. I think that Bengals offensive line will get better over the coming weeks, too. He was, I think, mean, quarterback seven uh, among the guys drafted right around that spot. You could you could kind of debate for a few of them. And I had been debating him for other purposes, mainly Lamar Jackson, Trey Lance, so that's a loss right now, uh, Kyler Murray, um, Jalen Hurts were all in that same range. I liked the mobility that they provide. From a fantasy perspective, the rushing yards are huge. So no matter that he has T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Burrow is going to lose a bit from the ground game compared to those guys. But it wasn't anything to do with Burrow and uh, his talent or the offensive line. I just like the players uh, around that same range more. Joe Bartles here with us from RotoWire. Follow him on Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports. Keeping talking about uh, quarterbacks in a game that we saw this past weekend between the 49ers and the Bears. A couple of guys very young in their careers in Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Let's point out how crazy that rainstorm was, uh, by the way, in Chicago, watching that game play out. But uh, projecting the years for Justin Fields and Trey Lance, if you will, Joe. Yeah, I mean, a very rare uh, monsoon coming off Lake Erie. I can say that as somebody that's around that area, too. Uh, we don't see hurricanes too often over in the Midwest, <laughs> um, which is ironic. I, I think Trey Lance is fine. When I was projecting those quarterbacks last year as rookies entering the NFL, I had Trevor Lawrence one, as, as most people did. And then I had Trey Lance two and Justin Fields three. Like, I was not convinced Zach Wilson or Mac Jones are going to be really good. And Mac Jones certainly surprised me at times last year, but you're seeing a bit of a limitations from a prospect that I thought he he was pretty readily displaying at Alabama, um, both towards the end of last year and to begin this season too. So, I, I there's there's obviously read issues for Justin Fields who gets happy feet in the pocket. And you talk about bad offensive lines at the Bengals. The Bears actually have one of the worst offensive lines in the entire league. Uh, I feel like they did literally nothing to help uh, their quarterback whatsoever develop. It's almost like they're taking a page right out of the Packers playbook and said, hey. What happens if we give our quarterback absolutely nothing? Let's see what he, what he can do. Um, and I don't think Justin Fields is Aaron Rodgers. So I'm, I'm a little bit concerned in that facet. And given its new regime, I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, the Bears struggle and Justin Fields isn't able to do, uh, I, I would say even like uh, average, right? Like I mean, that's what they're shooting for at this point is an average season. If he's not able to live up to that bar, I would not be surprised if they commit uh, to another quarterback in this upcoming draft, which would mean Fields will get traded to somebody who's too talented not to be a potential starter somewhere. On the flip side of things, I really believe Trey Lance is going to be good. And um, it was a bit concerning that he wasn't able to make as much progression on his reads as he would have liked. Uh, I thought there were certainly moments, specifically in the second quarter, where he, he was a quarterback. It wasn't just 
oh, he can run. An athlete, it was like a quarterback making the, the right progressions and stuff. The 49ers have to set him up to be successful. That being said, I think it's Kyle Shanahan. Like, if there was one coach in the league I think can set somebody up to be successful, it's him. Uh, so if, if Trey Lance is not the guy this year, that's going to be concerning. I'm not worried about Jimmy Grapple at all. I, I know the uh, certain people in the media are going to push that, hey, he signed for a reason, and Shanahan's scared about that. Shanahan hasn't has been able to win Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo for a reason. I mean, they traded for Lance for a purpose to get them over that hump, and having Garoppolo is only meant to be uh, a safety net if the worst-case scenario happens to Trey Lance injury-wise. Saquon Barkley had a huge game on Sunday, Joe. It reminded us a lot of the Saquon we saw pre-injuries in his first two seasons of his career, and I wonder if there was any doubt. Like, I I know we can never predict injuries, and, and Saquon's been – one of the most banged-up guys at that position in the league, so we can't guarantee he goes through the whole season. But uh, if he does stay healthy, Joe, was this kind of a uh, sight for sore eyes performance? Because obviously this guy being so injured, maybe there were some doubts that he could play at the level he did his first two years in the league and, and having almost 200 total yards, catching balls out of the backfield, scoring a touchdown. Uh, just what does that make him – uh, as he tries to regain that that elite fantasy value at running back. Oh yeah, I mean I was one of the few, at least within Rotoware, who was concerned about him. I think most of the company was in on Saquon Barkley as a late first round pick, even before he got to that point towards the end of August draft season. But he was more like a mid second rounder, and even later, as we were like in the early portions of training camp and uh, off season OTAs, things like that. Um, I, I I was more worried about the Giants overall, like. You can't really project injuries if Saquon were get hurt. I'm not going to say I was right that I was fading Saquon. It's just what happened. Um, I was a little bit worried that he wouldn't look like his normal self. So in that regard, check that off because he clearly was explosive, um, was able to do a lot of things. I thought like the, like making a proge- progression from the quarterback great, but like Barkley was able to read the holes, identify the weaknesses, and attack that. I thought that long run to the outside was a perfect example where he just used that explosion as like, oh, yeah, that's that's the Penn State Saquon Barkley uh, that we're aware of. For me, the fading of him was more so Brian Dable, new coach for the Giants, has to fix a lot of things for Saquon Barkley to be uh, a top seven or eight overall fantasy player. And while I think Brian Dable is really good, can he actually fix all those things, chief among them, Daniel Jones? And maybe the answer is yes. I mean, I, I actually thought the Giants were going to beat the Titans uh, last week, and it was not because Daniel Jones and the Giants is more than I think the Titans were vastly overrated last year, and losing um, their pass rusher this, the week before the season starts was one of those like, oh, yeah, that's right, this team is not going to be very good. Um, so I feel a little bit comforted, but, I mean, it was a 47-yard field goal. I could have won on the game, so I'm not celebrating that too much. And I thought Saquon Barkley took advantage of a couple of big plays, on a defense that's pretty susceptible. I would say again this week, though, the Panthers' defense is not all that good. You saw Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were able to do. I would anticipate he's again going to have one of those highlight, real breakout kind of plays, um, and it should compile at least 100 plus yards. I, I've seen a lot of people say if we were to redraft today, Saquon Barkley is a top three pick. I don't know if I agree with that though. I, I think you still take Jonathan Taylor. You certainly take Justin Jefferson. I was taking Cooper Cup. I think he's up to go the direction as well. Maybe Christian McCaffrey is in that conversation too. I think we'll find out more this week. He should be going higher than where he was going. Like I think you got value for him if you draft him. But I'm not convinced Saquon Barkley is going to have that kind of performance every single week. And I know everyone wants to hope that's the case. I too, because the NFL is better when Saquon Barkley is that good. But I need to see it over the course of a month or two and know that the Giants' offense overall is better before I'm committed to saying Saquon Barkley is the guy again. 
We're talking fantasy football with Joe Bartle from RotoWire. And, uh, Joe, we can't have you on the show and not talk about your team. Not a good start for the uh, the Packers <laughs> up there. What's yeah. that? <laughs> said same, same thing as fast. Yeah. We uh, had this conversation last year when they lost 38-3 to the Saints. Yeah, no, it, so, I mean, it wasn't great. I, 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 will, I will foreshadow this conversation and say, I, I thought they were going to lose to the Vikings. This was a tough matchup. Aaron Rodgers always struggles, whether it's the new stadium or the old. Like Going to Minnesota has always been difficult for him, and especially for these young receivers. I thought this is a really hard spot to put them in. And to be honest, I was actually okay with how they looked in the second half. I was fully anticipating they were going to roll over. I thought Rodgers was having some uh, bad leadership vibes going on. And yet there were some, there were some positive moments. I think Romeo Dobbs, nice fake screenplay kind of call for him like he did what he was supposed to do i know christian watson dropped that pass but the routes run was good if you could look at the advanced metrics for him um and i know there's the the tape analyst after the fact like to say oh hey christian watson romeo Dobson, and Watkins, they're all open so often it was rogers that wasn't getting to him i've also watched the tape i i don't feel like i see the same thing because the nfl has played at a different speed than us playing fast forward or uh, going half speed on the tape like it's, it's different than that um, but I was I was pretty certain they were going to lose that one. Now, I will be concerned if they don't look even remotely good against the Bears. I mean, that's going to be uh, a tough one. They're favored by 10 points. The over-under is only at 42, which would indicate to me this could be more like the Bears struggling to score offensively than the Packers. I mean, if they can't get things right this night, uh, uh, Sunday night, because that's the primetime game for Sunday, then I will be more concerned about the Packers. But that was that was an expectation I was going to have, especially with Al Lazard and Bakhtiari and Elston Jenkins out. Like, that was going to be... A tough game overall, and so uh, so without Devonte Adams, you you think the Packers can still uh, have have a, a a bounce back game, and that uh, not having Devonte Adams is not going to devastate that team. I think it's going to be an issue for the first month and a half. Um, you know, obviously Rodgers famously is one of those QBs that has to have rapport with his wide receivers. Well, we're going to have to do this on the fly because none of them played it during the preseason. I, I think Christian Watson's talent. Is good number. I mean, he's basically your MVS, Quill and Marquez, by the scam. Like we find with the Chiefs this past offseason. I thought that was actually fine. Four years, $46 million. I wouldn't have wanted to touch that at all. That was a good deal for, for MVS. Um, but you draft a guy like that in the second round who has the speed. It's can you get open on the other routes? Because that's where the value was for Devontae Adams. Well, yeah, he can, he can make every catch possible. Great in the red zone. But he was always open. And that's not what Christian Watson's game is. The hope is Romeo Dobbs would have a bit more of that in his game. And right now, we haven't quite seen that. I think there's a chemistry issue um, that Rodgers and the rookie receivers are going to have to work over. But the biggest deal for me is Alan Lazard should be back for this game against the Bears. That's significant to me. I think I, I was projecting Alan Lazard, who was going really in the seventh or eighth round of most drafts, as a pretty clear-cut wide receiver 30 to 35, which was probably uh, double his value at the moment the position, um, specifically because the red zone. I think he's going to be a red zone asset for them. Like if he gets eight-plus touchdowns, that's a given to me, uh, given what the Packers are able to do moving between the 20s. And he might be that guy that, okay, bigger body, not super fast, not super quick route running, but might be able to make his body be open for Rodgers and certainly has that connection. Um, that's going to be a big deal for me. If Lazard doesn't look like the number one target for the Packers against the Bears this week, I will be concerned. Joe Bartles here with us from RotoWire. Again, follow him on Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports. He's going to be joining us once again this football season each and every Wednesday. So, Joe, before we let you get out of here, please promote RotoWire. Why should people get plugged in with what you guys got going on? 
Yeah, I mean, we have you covered in just about every facet. Uh, we've been diving more into the betting and gambling part of things, which has been great, too. So a lot of the spread coverage, um, discussing prop bets, that's one of my favorite things. And I haven't had a lot of time to do that. Uh, hopefully, as we continue on throughout the season, I can uh, invest a bit more. But uh, a lot more in that space. Daily lineup section is always updated when it comes to the injuries. We have the waiver wire stuff. I have a podcast every Tuesday talking specifically about the waiver wire pickups um, that you want to target for your rosters. And then, you know, specifically for myself, we've got SiriusXM every Friday. Now it's 8, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you'll be able to listen to us on Channel 88, getting you set for every week's action, going over every game as best you can, uh, and talk about those matchups. So a lot going on, a lot of content on RotoWire. I think more content than we've ever had before. Six years ago, when we started doing these uh, calls, we, we probably quadrupled the amount of coverage from every sports perspective uh, on the site, which I think is fantastic. So even if you're only interested in basketball or college football, great. I think RotoWire has got you covered there, too. Yeah, I mean, look, there's such a Formula One craze. I'm seeing Formula One on the RotoWire yes. mm-hmm. website. I mean, you guys have everything going on. You're right. I, I could put it into my search engine and verify that over these six years, the coverage has certainly enhanced there with uh, with, with Joe Bartle and his crew at RotoWire. Are you into F1? No, I probably should be. Yeah. But that's, I only have so much time to invest in sports, and I would I would argue that football takes – too much of my brain power i'm not able to comprehend another sport at this time look i'm right there with you because i i could put you on the spot with basketball and we could put you on the spot with baseball and you know that yet again our braves are on another great run trying to win the world series this season uh but uh yeah, look it's ruined my heart this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh this is terrific joe have a great week and we'll talk to you next week okay all right sounds good guys Thanks, there we go man. thanks bud that's our good buddy joe bartle from rotowire